Mass crypto adoption will take place when it becomes simple and easy to buy, sell, and store tokens. Victor Redchenko, founder of Trust Wallet Binance, intends to play a role in making this happen. Well, now they're owned by Binance, and Trust Wallet's helping the massive crypto exchange continue its mission to make crypto easy to use and give users full control over their digital assets. What's in your wallet? Hopefully, lots of shiny tokens bound for the moon. Join us as we jump in the rocket for episode number 261 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? This is Adam Williams from World Crypticon. You guys are listening to the baddest badasses in the crypto space, Mr. Joel Com and Mr. Travis Wright. Stay bad. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. I'm Joel Com. He is. I'm Travis Wright. Travis Wright. Are you right. serious or are you furious or are you curious? What is your what's your feeling today? Mr. I'm mysterious. Oh, you're very mysterious. I'm feeling crypto mysterious. Crypto I'm, I'm, mysterious. I'm trying to solve the mystery of where my crypto went. I am a little crypto delirious. We've been we spent a couple of days here in France. Yeah, French. <laughs> he had some French dressing. I did. I like what I was doing my Paris. Texas accent. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> y'all. Y'all. Merci. Uh, yeah, it's been great. But I tell you, we've been on stage a lot and um, I'm a little tired. Me too. My, my juice is my juice is not as juicy as it normally is. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> we recorded our interview for today beforehand. So we're just going to give a shout out to our show sponsor and get to it. Show sponsor is Divi. The crypto app that makes it easy to earn, transact, and store crypto. We're talking about ease of use. You're going to learn more about that today. And Divi is the first crypto ecosystem that is powered by masternodes, which can be installed in one clickety, 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 clack. And that's tippity boo. <laughs> I learned that today. That was good. Tippity boo. Yeah. There, I mean, you know, being in France at this conference, there's people all over the world that, you know, are here, people from all over the world, right? We've met people from, uh, from the Eastern you know, uh, Europe and people from Australia and people from London, Eastern England, Asia, Asia. And I learned today that tippity boo is something that some Brits say that like means messed up. Oh, it's all tippity boo. Yeah. It's what does that mean? Tippity boo. That's tippity boo. It's no yeah. good. Tippity boo. So, you know, what's not tippity boo is the Divi Masternode one click cloud installer. You've got one. Uh, I've got two masternodes running right now, and it really is incredibly easy to set up a masternode with one click. Yeah. So I have, what is it? I have a um, a gold one, I guess. I'm staking, Salad gold staking a million dancers. tokens. Yeah. And what's interesting is that every day it gives me about 2,200 tokens as part of a divvy like, because I'm staking the tokens. I'm getting more tokens. It's your reward for being my a reward. good boy. I'm getting like eight bucks a day worth of worth divvy. Check it out, DiviProject.org, and you can set up a master node. Uh, I think it's the the lowest level is the silver level. It requires a hundred thousand tokens, and it's fifteen dollars a month to run that. Um, but you know, depending upon the price of where the tokens go, it could end up being wildly profitable. You don't know until you check it out. DiviProject.org. 
It's pretty cool. I, I'm enjoying playing with it. And, and you know what? It, you're staking them in the cloud, so your computer actually is not really doing much, except you have the software on the computer and you're staking it. So like literally I had the Divi app shut off. I turned it back on and I realized if I had four days worth of, of tokens pop my way, I got about 10,000 additional Divi. It's like having a one sauce with your steak. Yeah. What's interesting is I'm getting about $8 worth of Divi a day. I'm spending $15 on the, on uh, the master nodes. So that's profitable all day long. That's math. It is. That's awesome. Good stuff. All right. Thank you, Divi, for sponsoring our show and for being the master of our nodes. And now we're going to go to our interview with Victor Radchenko, founder of Trust Wallet. Well, it was just a short time ago that we welcomed CZ, the CEO and founder of Binance, the world's biggest crypto exchange, to the show. And Binance, of course, is uh, the they have succeeded for a number of reasons, and one of them is smart acquisitions. One of the acquisitions that they have made is a multi-currency crypto wallet and DApp browser called Trust Wallet. Binance acquired this to continue their mission to make crypto easy to use and to give their users full control over their digital assets. And we have with us today Victor Redchenko, who is the founder of Trust Wallet. And so this is kind of like Binance Part 2. Victor, welcome to Bad Crypto. Hey, guys. It's pretty exciting to be here. Yeah, you, uh, you're you from a part of the world that I my ancestry reigns from. Um, uh, from they, they migrated from Ukraine. And uh, Travis loves going over there, don't you, Trav? Oh, that's pretty amazing, actually. Where did you guys go in Ukraine? Um, I've been to, so far, I think Kiev. I've been seven, eight times maybe to Kiev um in the past couple of years um that's pretty much it mostly kiev i was going to go down to odessa but i didn't and i did not want to go too far to the uh, southwest there's a little conflict and stuff going on down there so i'm trying to keep away from that area but uh love going to kiev and, and i've been there a total of uh, zero times but uh my my ancestry is from there so i hope to make it for some crypto event in the not too distant future that'd be fun yeah, that's pretty exciting. So actually, if you're planning to go, I will recommend some places. I personally Excellent. haven't been to Ukraine for about uh, eight years or so, so since the last time I left. So let's talk a little bit about the Project Trust Wallet itself. I want you to kind of give us the wh why you uh, founded this and what does it do? Yeah, so the way it's all started, it's probably going back to 2017. This is where everything kind of started for me in terms of, you know, development. And then, you know, I was struggling with one problem is not being able to store my tokens on my mobile phone. And that was early, you know, 2017, um, probably summer. You know, there's only one service out there is Mayfair Wallet and everyone kind of used it. And um, the second option was hardware wallets, but the problem with them is they're more expensive and they're less accessible for the regular user. So they're like, cost $100, you need to order them, you need to wait for quite a long time. And then they're also limited in sort of like number of cryptocurrencies you can store. So I thought because, you know, mobile phones, they already have secure elements inside of it. So you can actually build a wallet on top of it and let other people to use it in the phone. Because if you think about mobile apps, this is what kind of revolutionized everything when they all came out, because anyone as a developer could build something really useful and that could be utilized for anyone. And so since then, I realized that I want to build my own wallet um, and just want to make it open source for anyone to use and kind of learn from the experience that I gained. And I built something really quickly in about three weeks since I was Swift developer. So I built apps 
for iOS. And in three weeks, I built something similar that will allow you to send and receive ERC, um, ERC20 tokens and Ethereum itself. And I thought like, oh, that's really cool. Let's just open source and we'll see whoever is going to join and kind of help me to build this. And then, you know, some friends started to participate in different ICOs. They thought that like they need a wallet and I told them like, oh, try out this wallet that they just built. And, you know, all these people were really excited because I built one small feature that kind of built UX around it afterwards. You know, that feature called automatically appear tokens. So what does it mean? Because whenever you go to my Ether wallet, you need to like either press a button or do some actions like manually add tokens. But instead, what I thought, like, what, let's build just one API that parses the whole blockchain and then finds all the tokens for a specific user. Because you usually have like tons of tokens, maybe like 10 or 20, and you don't really know what their like contract information, decimals and names. And so I built that like small API. And so whenever someone like will import their private key, I will take that address and I will fetch it um, all the tokens from the API. So all the tokens will just automatically appear and all the people are like super excited about this feature. And this is where it's all started. That is really handy. And you really love that term automagic, don't you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> actually, like all the people who came to us, they were like, oh, you, you misspelled this. Can you fix it? It was like, no, that was made actual on purpose. Yeah, that was, that's on purpose. That's a fun word. So, so for example, I, let's say I have MetaMask, right? And I have my address that's connected to my MetaMask. How how do I basically set up my trust wallet? Because I have my MetaMask over here on my desktop. Do I just send over my address and my do I need to connect with my private keys? What what do I need to do to connect to that? So there is two ways to do it. Um, you know, we give options to people, those that they want to choose. So there are some people who use harder wallets and they want to just, you know, put their address and just watch all the activities on their wallets. This is something you could do with MetaMask. If you want to just watch the wallet on mobile, not to provide any private keys. But most of the people, what they do just, they either import their mnemonic phrase or backup phrase or their private key into the trust wallet. And you will see exactly the same information because we're using the same standard, which is BIP44 that allows you to derive private keys based on the mnemonic phrase. And it's pretty easy experience. You just like basically do the same as you do on MetaMask. And we provide the same plus additional features in the mobile app. Yeah, you know, we're kind of in this place in crypto right now where if you ask anybody what's keeping us from, um, you know, adoption, it is easy to use tools and accessibility. And so uh, Trust Wallet certainly is, you know, moving in that direction. Still, though, crypto is kind of complex for the average bearer. What do you think needs to happen so that, uh, you know, we can finally say, hey, this is for everybody. Look how easy it is. Yeah, totally. I think there's lots of ways we can improve the whole crypto, you know, like movement. I don't think it's going to be just one solution where like we're going to build just one wallet that has like amazing interface. But I think there is different type of people who would like to have different type of security. So um, let's say that me sometimes like feel like I want actually the bank to control my crypto, for example. There's tons of people who would love to have that option. And for example, if we talk about accessibility, we want to give like many different options, like 100 different options for the people. If I have my own US bank account, I want to just buy crypto and store it maybe on my Wells Fargo. And that's totally fine because I don't think you just want to talk about like the full decentralization and owning, you know, fully the private keys and all the assets. You want to give like different options to people. So I would like to keep my assets on my Wells Fargo. And then I want to give uh, some assets on my hardware wallets. And I want to have them some somewhere like on a mobile phone to be in, as a hot wallet. So if you're thinking about like the whole the whole world, we just want to think about like all these options. So it's not going to be just one single wallet or a single exchange that provides that to you. 
Very cool. I'm actually going through it right now. I just downloaded Trust Wallet on iOS, and it looks like it has over 2,000 uh, reviews, and it's a complete five-star rated app. So, so nicely done. And what I've done so far, just since I asked that last question, is I've gone in, I've gone to my MetaMask, I opened up my Ethereum wallet, and I scanned the QR code on my MetaMask, and my wallet is now imported. And what it's doing is it's going through and calculating and figuring out all the different tokens that I have and the values of all of them all in one. Wow, that is way more handy than just importing all that stuff into Blockfolio. Yeah, totally. No, I think this is one of the features we want to like focus. I know they might not be like fully decentralized, but at the same time, they give you that kind of UX. And then at the same time, like the way we build the wallet is that it's like full decentralized in a way where we connect directly to the blockchain itself and we just talk directly to the nodes. So any user would be able to choose their own nodes and be like full decentralized in the sense if we like shut down any of our services. Mm, this yeah. is amazing. Mr. Jokam, you should pop that in there real quick. If, um, it's amazing how many coins we have. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. looking on MetaMask to see where the QR code is so that I can take a picture with my... Uh... Oh, the QR code is in the three dots up up in the uh, over on the upper right. Three dots, account options, and then account details. Ah, there it is. Okay, Mr. Travis Wright, the app is downloaded. I have QR coded, and uh, I'm going to import this sucker right here, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Actually, the way you think also, uh, since we're now multi-currency wallet, so it used to be like just Ethereum and ERC-20s, now what do we do? We combine all the tokens from different blockchains. So if you have something on Tron Network, it will just all appear at the same time. Like, mm. So I think we just want to make it easier for the users to find them in the first place. And then once you see them, it's much easier to like send and receive. Mm. Now I have a question. So one thing that we've done, so we've we've been we've been doing bad crypto now for in in July it'll be two years, right? Actually, we started bad crypto the same time Binance was started, and so CZ is doing a little better than we are. But uh, <laughs> we're having fun. But what we decided to do was create our own blockchain called Badcoin, right? And what we've done, Badcoin.net, because what we realized was that mining was very centralized with a lot of powers over in in China and different places where they have a whole bunch of computers, right? So what we've done is we've basically made a fork of Bitcoin, added five total blockchain algorithms to this, and made Badcoin, which is essentially a blockchain that is now mineable by any computer that can connect to the internet fairly. doesn't matter if you have a warehouse full of ASIC computers or you have one Pentium 1 sitting in grandma's den, right? It's fair. It's equal, and anybody can mine pretty much equally. And so how would new chains, you know, because it's a brand new blockchain that's never been connected. It's not an ERC-20. It's not a Bitcoin blockchain. How do new coins like that uh, get in enabled to uh, into your wallet? Yeah, I had the same question as you did. And, you know, that was kind of annoying because, you know, all these people, they always ask like, oh, when do you add this coin or the other? But in reality, what happens is that like all these wallets, they limited, like all the companies out there, like thousands of them, they're all lim limited in terms of technical knowledge and also resources. So if you want to add a new coin, it usually has a different type of, you know, API that makes it like harder for you to integrate it. And then you need to run all the nodes and makes it like super hard. And so what I thought about this is like, let's just give users and developers access to all this information. And we build something that's called Wallet Core that allows you to now integrate any blockchain into the trust wallet. Plus, because it's an open source library, anyone could build their own wallet if they wanted to and then have ability to access like over 20 different blockchains. It's like oh. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tron, 
Ripple, you know, different types. And we, like the way we focus on is like, let's just define a protocol. Let's just define the standards and whoever wants to add a new blockchain, they will just be able to do it. And since you guys have a Bitcoin for you, it would be like super easy to integrate because it's a fork of a Bitcoin. So you use the same crypto and we just need to define different prefixes that's used just for this specific blockchain. And once that defined, it will be automatically pulled into the mobile apps. Here, here's what I like. Not only did this easily import my MetaMask ERC 20 tokens, but it also imported my ERC 721 collectibles. So I see my my four crypto kitties that I've had since the beginning of time. I see my God's Unchained card collection that I've been purchasing. That's a, a trading card game that's launching on Ethereum. Um, this is a, this is super cool. I'm digging it. Yeah, totally. So I think if you think about crypto, I don't think it's going to be just single type of asset. We're going to see many different ways of people utilizing crypto, right? So it's going to start everything with like coins. Then will be like tokens as, you know, fungible tokens and non-fungible. So one thing I like about non-fungible tokens is that they're really fun to play with because they're mostly built for games at this point. So it's fun to just show it to different people, like different crypto kitties, and then you kind of explain them how to work. And because they're unique, you can say like, oh, this is collectible. No one has this. Isn't that why they call them fungible? Because they're fun. Isn't that what that means? Oh, maybe, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. One thing, I'm looking at the same thing Mr. Joel Kahn was talking about with the collectibles. And so I only have one, which is a crypto kaiju, but uh, my crypto kaiju is named bad. (laughs) It says, don't let the name, I've never seen the details behind it, actually. This is the first time I've ever seen these details about that particular collectible. This is really cool. It, It has a whole description. It says, don't let the name fool you. Bad is great at everything he turns his hands to. He's an amazing podcast host, a skilled writer, and an accomplished digital marketer. He's loved by many for his cheery personality and amazing sense of humor, and is an incredible advocate for cryptocurrencies. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's amazing. So my little crypto kaiju has a description I didn't even know existed. Yeah. So, you know, our goal was to just to kind of give those insights to you, so you don't need to find them. I'm just really surprised at how many coins I have that are worth completely nothing. I did really good on that whole ICO thing, guys. (laughs) Uh, talk, talk a little bit about the acquisition then you, you know how surprised were you when uh, Binance says hey we want to uh, bring this on board to our platform yeah I think the last uh, so that was the summer of 2018 when I basically had like different routes to go through and one of the challenges I saw is that because there are so many different wallets right it's kind of hard to compete because our goal like compete for the new users and it's always challenging and then the second problem is like, how do you make the product sustainable? Because at the moment, the wallets don't have many business models to kind of grow really quickly because we don't control funds of the users. And then, you know, the features we build on top of it won't be so profitable yet. You know, I think you can build exchanges right inside the wallet, but still, it's still a little bit early. So you need to still raise money in order to sustain as a wallet company. Uh, ideally, you just want to have a, at least like eight employees working on different type of uh, kind of products. And so... Um, this is the challenges I had, and I thought that you know I will go and actually build, do the ICO. And initially, I did private token sale. We raised some money, and then at the same time, I was talking to Binance. And what I realized at some point is that like even if I do token sale, it's not going to be really good path for me because we'll be struggling with some security problems. At the same time, if you raise money in tokens, then you know most people have different perception of the product. So with that, it might be even easier for me just to focus on a product and join Binance and, you know, to have all these resources just to focus on one single problem, to focus on like building amazing wallet on mobile. And that's what kind of acquisition gave me. And now we have a small team that kind of like 
you know, we're small, but at the same time, we're able to um, iterate really quickly on the new features and, you know, build all this product around it. And part of it is we want to open source all the technology that we build. We don't want to just open source the wallet itself just because it doesn't really make sense because people just fork it. But what we want to do, we want to build useful libraries for anyone to use it on top of it. I'm blown away. I think this is the funnest wallet. I just imported my other uh, Etherscan or my other, my Ether wallet in there as well to kind of check them all out. It's like, coins galore. This is just so fun how many horrible coins I have. I love that. Um, this is fun. So let me ask you this then about, um, you know, how, how secure is this? It seems like it's really secure because it's only pulling in my addresses, but if I give you my 12, you know, word key, key store, or I give you my private keys, I mean, how, what measures have you put into, in place to ensure that this is completely secure? Yeah, so there's two types of security at this level, right? So the first one is the hardware level security. So we're utilizing all the technology that the phone itself provides us. So we use Keychain to store the passwords, and then we use you know encrypted storage on the iPhone device to put your private key securely. And you know this is the first part, right? This is everything we could do in order to make it really safe for you to use the mobile. But at the same time, we have like layer protection where we can uh, ask a pin code in order to access the app itself, and that's what's used to encrypt the information inside it. But at the same time, like I think the biggest problem usually it's not uh, maybe the app itself is the people, right? So people tend to do stupid things. So our goal to kind of educate and tell them like don't don't share this with anyone. Try to write it down on a piece of paper and then just keep it secure in a few places. Even though I noticed that some people are including myself, I could write down the twelve words, but at the same time I could lose that piece of paper two years from now because. It's also different in terms of mobile phones and hardware wallets because once you do investment in hardware wallets, you have more commitment to keeping this wallet alive. So that's why you kind of keep your backup phrase securely. But then with hot wallets, it's a little bit harder because, you know, like it's easy to sign up and then it's easy to forget in this case. So we kind of like force people to make sure they have the phrase itself. So the way we do it is we force them to verify that they actually wrote it. Like every time we just give them new words, we tell them like, you need to verify now. Because if you don't, we're going to give you a pop-up every time you do any action. And so that's how we kind of approach it. But at the same time, we have some hook in, hooks in place where we say, if you haven't used the world for six months, we'll just give you a warning. Make sure you back up. Make sure you have this copy secure somewhere. And ideally, you want to have two copies of your private keys somewhere safe in different locations because you n- never know what happens to your house. And, you know, just want to make sure it's all secure always. I just have one uh, recommendation because this is a really cool app. Is there a way, if I have multiple wallets, it looks like I need to go to settings to choose between them. Is there another way from the, the main wallet tab to be able to access a, all of the wallets I put in there? So it's a tricky question, right? Because most of the people, over 90%, they have only one wallet, right? And the question is like, do we need to add this button right on the first screen just for the 10% or want to have it there as an option, but at the same time, just to keep interface minimal, uh, it would be easier for the people. Because one of the problems we notice as well, once you add multiple wallets visible to the people, they always think that for Bitcoin, you have one wallet, for the Ethereum, you have another one. And so you have like different sort of problems once you introduce accessibility to access the like list of wallets. So it's tricky. We definitely want to like have it so people easily could switch them. Maybe we can build some features similar to to Twitter where you can like hold in a tab bar and it just shows you all the wallets in this case for Twitter's accounts. Mm -hmm. 
I would just almost say like on that tab where it says wallet up at the top where it says tokens and collectibles have another little tab that says wallets and then click on that and then have the plus sign available to be able to see which wallets are in there. Because for me, I'm going to have, you know, most people, I think, you know, you're going to have your Ethereum wallet. You're going to have a Bitcoin wallet. Maybe you have a Stellar place with wallet where you're storing your Stellar. Neo, where you're storing your Neo, if you have any of that. And some of those other ones, right? So sometimes, they're, you know, you know, your Trezor might store your Dash and store a bunch of them. Or Exodus wallet might store a bunch of those as well. But um, I don't think you're able to pull those in individually. You're able to, I don't know if you are or not. So if, I, if I'm if i connected to, to, to Exodus right now, all my stuff's on Exodus, am I able to connect with that wallet in here? For example, yeah, exactly. So if you so if you import mnemonic phrase, then what we use, we utilize a standard called BIP44. So we can derive private keys for the Bitcoin, for the Ethereum, for the Tron, for any blockchain that you use, because they follow the same standard. So like for the new users, they don't get the private key. They, get, they have recovery phrase that allows them to basically have all the wall, one wallet for all the coins. So that's when we simplify. Can we do uh, EOS on here as well, or is that still to come? Not yet. So we'll be waiting for this to integrate it. Um, and, you know, if there is any EOS developers that could come into the our library and just integrate it and we'll just pull it into the mobile. App. Yeah, EOS guys, get on, get on it here. I do like the the D app section. You know, I use um, uh, meet dot one for my EOS uh, D apps and they've got a little store in there to show what's available. And so there's a whole bunch here in Ethereum that I didn't know. Um, that you can get. I'm, I'm especially always interested in the various games that people are uh, developing on the blockchain, and there's a bunch of them here. So I'm going to be explorifying and seeing what, uh, you know, there's Ever Dragons, there's Find the Rabbit, there's My Crypto Heroes. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so whenever you find any good dabs, just send me over. I'll be happy to add them, actually, because my goal to just provide, we don't charge any fees for the listing of dabs, like, how many wallets do you, but our goal is just to provide you really useful tools for people to explore and learn. Mm-hmm. Also, backing up to your previous question, when you said wallets on top, uh, top core, basically to put it in a tab. So one of the features we want to introduce really soon is the ability to stake your tokens. So you would have tokens, collectibles, and staking. So mm-hmm. staking will allow you to do staking in terms of like staking and delegating. At the same time, you would be able to see how much you, t- you stake for a specific coin. And this will come probably with, um, you know, a few companies that work in specifically on staking, like Cosmos SDK. That's is going to be our first company who will allow us to kind of do staking for the users. That's great. Speaking of staking, I had some Chipotle uh, burrito bowl with some stake in it today. It's pretty good. Mm. You broke your Mr. fast. Joel huh? was like, yeah, me and Mr. Joel Kahn was like, uh, could you hurry up and get back? Because we got an interview here coming up. So I had to finish steak. I'm having my Chipotle. Leave me alone. <laughs> I know. Urgh. Good stuff. So let's let's ask this thing, because I think you have simplified crypto immensely. And I think that that's one of the barriers that is, you know, sort of prohibiting the masses from from joining crypto and adding more value to crypto. And so I want to commend you on that, because I'm looking at this thing. That was so simple. I mean, everyone else, if you're using MetaMask and you have to import every single one of those, you're like, oh, what's the eight digit or the 18 digit, you know, code you got to bring in? And what's the what's the letter or what's the the code for the coin? And how many do you have? I mean, this one literally just goes in, looks at your chain, populates them all, pulls in all the images, all the icons for it. How many you have? How much value you you don't have in my case? Um, It's actually a sad it's a sad reminder. In some it respect. is. It's a, 
I thought I had more. I thought my crypto was more valuable than it was. Apparently, I am. I am even broker than I thought. Thank you for that, Victor. Really appreciate that <laughs> smack in the face of reality. Yeah. I'm going to trade you some deed coin for, uh, for your good deed here. <laughs> uh, so you guys can check the show notes for links to uh, Victor's um, profiles, as well as some links and resources, videos all about Trust Wallet. Victor, is there anything else that you would like to share with the Republic of Bad Cryptopia? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I just want to go over that, like, you know, we as all the community members in crypto, I think our goal is, you know, not just to huddle, but also utilize the blockchain. What I noticed, you know, people have this notion that huddle, huddle, wait for something to come. But at the same time, like, we don't need to wait. We just need to actually act now. And, you know, there's different type of people in community who could be really useful. If you're a developer, like join open source movement, there's so many protocols, so many different products and standards like being developed. So they like happy to join and contribute to it. And this is going to, you know, amplify, you know, the whole uh, crypto movement and we can get there faster because, you know, there's not many product people still in crypto. It's mostly just developers. So we need to have more product people, people who think about UX a lot. So those are the people who can improve the whole, um, overall, you know, experience in crypto. Don't just hoddle, oh, yeah, soddle and foddle. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and, and throw you some naked tokens. They're very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Well, Victor, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for sharing Trust Wallet with us, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing how it continues to develop there under the tutelage of Mr. CZ. Yeah, thank you guys so much for you know inviting. I've become a, a fan of Trust Wallet. I hadn't tried it until we interviewed Victor, mm -hmm. and now I reference it regularly uh, for multiple wallets. I know you're looking for your phone right now, trying yeah. to look at your wallet. Yeah. What's in your wallet? Tokens. Tokens, crypto tokens. So, I've been having fun with this thing. I got it in my crypto folder for all my crypto apps, and uh, yeah, you can take a look. What I love about it is that, you know, if you just have you know, your my ether wallet or one of those other ones, it doesn't really tell you what's all in what all coins you have on that particular wallet. Um, if it's an ERC token. And so that's what's funny about this is that I have two different wallets and it's going through and it shows all these different tokens that I have that's in each one, some of which I didn't even know that I had, and some that are worth money that I I don't even know what they are. Yeah, it's, it's a mystery. That's being crypto mysterious. It is. What is that token? How did I get airdropped that? So check it out. All the links in the show notes from the interview. There's lots of links actually for you to check out. Badco.in forward slash 261 is the episode where you will find those notes mm -hmm. for the show. Do the it. show of the notes. Do it. Do it now. Do it. And thanks for listening to the show. As always, we appreciate you. It's been great fun to be here at the Paris Blockchain Week Summit and discover that we've got fans from all over the world. Not that we didn't know that, but having people walk up to us from all these different countries. Hey, Bed Crypto. Mm -hmm. Trevor. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> mate. We love you. We love watching your show. Yeah. Like you do. We don't have a YouTube channel. Oh, oh. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we'll we'll get that fixed. Uh, that we're we're on a mission to retrieve our YouTube channel. So. Yeah. Somebody said they could maybe help us uh, hook up some things. So we shall see. Yeah, Mr. Google. We we ran into uh, uh, Sergey, and he said he was going to do us a solid. Yeah, Sergey Brand is like, hold on, let me let me talk to uh, you know Larry. CEO. You can talk to Larry over here at YouTube. 
Yeah. What's her name? I don't know. Wachinski something. Yeah. Cool deal. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, it's another great episode. Trust Wallet. Make sure to download that if you want. If you have an ERC twenty wallet, it's it's pretty cool, and it connects to that. You can see how much everything's worth. Makes it pretty handy. And um, other than that, I guess what the only thing to say is stay bad. Stay bad. Stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.